welcome again to another episode of Idiopod. I'm TJ Stone. This is my lovely co-host, Destiny Love, and we're going to be talking today about... uh, So guys, this term of deconstruction is new for me. Um, Even though, you know how you just, you know something, and then there's like a word that you put on it, and it's like, oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, that was, that what his was my moment with the term deconstruction. So we're not talking about the rate reviewing and subscribing, right, TJ? Oh, well, yes. Let's rate review and subscribe to Idiopod, yes. wherever you find your podcast. We'll try and remember to tell you that as we remember it. Uh, but yes. it all helps the numbers, you know, give us the five stars. If you don't want to give us five stars, maybe don't, don't rate it. Don't review it. <laughs> but if no, you want to, tell us the truth. Or, the or truth is what sets us free. Tell us the truth, but maybe email us the truth and give us the five stars. <laughs> <laughs> so we can keep getting better at this thing. Yes, indeed, indeed. And and join the conversation. Email us. Uh, respond to any of our Facebook or uh, Instagram posts. Send us a comment. Like us you know, share our post, all those yes. things that get us in front of more eyeballs and help grow the audience. We have a few listeners out in Canada and Ireland, it turns out now. Whoa. I have no idea. Well, how guys, that that's phenomenal. Like, thank you. Thank you for joining us in this, these conversations that we have. We definitely want you to join the conversation. Um, we just show up and we flow. We have a really, really fun time just kind of diving into those transformative moments, those um, pieces of our story that have just really shaped us. So I love just that's my whole life. That's I love it. I could do this all day. So to be able to do it on a podcast and and share with others and invite others to join in, it's just everything. So. My weekend was really, really chill, and I am still like really relaxed. My husband just made me a cup of tea. Tangerine so, tea, I heard. Tangerine is so good, and it's raining outside, TJ. So like, yeah. it's gross outside here too. Ah, <sighs> my husband drink. loves the rain. I love the rain when I'm not in it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about deconstruction. Cheers. So when I think about deconstruction, I think about this, the unpeeling. I know we kind of talked about it before, the unlearning. That was something that God like shared with me that he was going to unschool me. And I, and I believe that deconstruction is like maybe some of that, um, but I follow this pastor. I don't know if you know him on Facebook. He's called the Naked Pastor. Have you ever heard of him? I don't think I have. I think that you, I think you would appreciate his work. He's he's Is a, he he's the a pastor of a nudist colony. No, <laughs> he's not even a pastor. I think he pastored at some point in his life, and then it's like, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily what God was saying, you know. Yeah. Um, and of course, I love to challenge 
why we do things and where did it come from? So a lot of his work just, it gets you to thinking, you know? So when I think about deconstruction, I think about how some of the things that I came up believing or being taught or told, it's like they just didn't fit. Like they just didn't stick. And it's this whole process of unlearning. And that is, that's challenging in itself because it's what you're in and it's what you're taught and it's what's all around you. And then you begin to not fit in many circles. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm out here. I'm floundering like a fish out of water. What am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. So what would you say was some of your first, um, attempts at, at starting to question or, or unpack or unravel that beginning of deconstructing process? And I, so, and maybe you can help me with this TJ, because I like, I really don't know. I don't, I do not know. Um, what I do know is that I've always been a questioner, like as a, as a child, just always questioning things. I love to read the Bible at a very early age and I would just question all of it, you know, question the adults in my life and, you know, some of the things that we did at church and, and I went to many different churches. So my upbringing was not, you know, what is it? Linear. I was all over. I moved to I lived in many different homes. I lived with many different people. So I always, I was in different environments and I questioned all of it. Right. And some things that stuck, I was like, okay, but the other things that I thought were just weird and just did not align, did not resonate with um, my spirit. I just let it be what it was. Um, So I always questioned always questioned, always questioned. I do believe at this stage of my life, I probably can just stand in this unknowing a little bit better, maybe, or I feel more confident. Maybe I don't feel as much pressure from external forces and factors to do or be or so that may be the newest part of my journey just being able to stand confidently kind of like on my own and my own two feet right and know that it's okay to question my relationship with God is my relationship with God it doesn't you don't have to agree with it and now I'm at a place where I don't even want too much of your feedback because it over time, I just saw how that used to really stress me out. You know, I would just get all these things from outside voices of what it should be, what you should, the rules, the the do's, the don'ts. And um, now I'm, I'm okay. Like saying, Hey, that's not helpful. I appreciate you. I value you. I respect where you are in your journey. um, But I don't need, this. Yeah. So I don't know where, I don't know when it started TJ. I don't know where I am in the journey. Um, but I know it's happening. 
Well, the awareness, the awareness is a good piece. I think you don't get that until you're, you're in it at some point. Um, yeah. I, I guess we can't really talk about deconstruction without talking first about construction. Ooh, let's talk about construction. Yeah. So I, I would say in terms of, of spiritual identity and how we're constructing a system um, and an identity in which we s understand ourselves as a spiritual entity uh, and our relationship to God and who God is and who God is to us and relationship yeah. and who God is to others as well. I think, I mean, as a child, all we have is what is given to us. So usually yeah. we... We grow up influenced by the system of whoever is raising us, whoever is performing that parental duties and, and trying to shape our perspective. Because innately, you know, we're, we're not going to just say, hey, I'm a Baptist. I'm going to believe Baptist doctrine. And, right. Yeah. All, all the creeds and all the things. But... Uh, and usually as a as a child it's it starts very basic right we we tell the the sanitized versions of the the bible stories you know the david yes. and goliath the adam and eve the noah and the the ark and maybe you get to moses you know jonah in mm -hmm. the well that's a big got one. to have jonah in the well yeah so all those stories that you know are very prevalent in the Bible that we kind of pick out and say, oh, that's a good lesson to learn and all that stuff. And so this is God. God is, you know, whoever he is. and This is who we are. Yes. And and the, the basic fundamentals of it, I think, you know, it changes depending on if, if you're looking through more of a Catholic lens or an evangelical lens. Um, I'm sure it's different if you're looking through like a Mormon lens or a, you know, one of the other kind of offshoots. Um, mm -hmm. So I can't really speak to that stuff as, as much, but uh, it is a child, you know, we start as a childlike faith because that's, we need it simple because yes. our brains aren't fully developed. We need to know that God is present. He is good. We can, Pray to him. Um, but, you know, at, at five years old, we can't really hold that, yes, while that is true, um, he's also not just a genie in the sky to pray for the things that we want and then think that he's not present when we don't get them. Which, yes. unfortunately, is the, the downside of having to start uh, with this childlike faith. I think... I think what we don't do children service really in the way there, there's no graduated way to start having a deeper understanding of God because so many of, of the adults don't really have that deeper understanding to pass down. Uh, so many people just stay there with, you know, very the genie in the bottle, the genie in the bottle. God is, God, God is good. The devil is bad. Yeah, God good, devil bad. It's this caveman Christianity kind of theology, you know. Yeah. For to totally negating that the reality 
is most life is somewhere in the gray and God meets us in the gray and he come, he come to live and save in the gray, you know, um, we want to construct very black and white systems because that's what we can understand, especially the younger we are, but life, life experience will always knock up against that. Uh, because mm. because there's always going to be things that don't work out the way we think they should or or fair by our concept of fair uh, as if that was the end result is everything is supposed to be equally fair um, mm. by who by our own concept of whatever that is because fair to me is probably not the same thing right. as fair to you and and we see that from as soon as kids start to to unpack their personalities on the playgrounds it's like you know well he did such and such and absolutely such he took my thing i i should have the same thing as he does you know it's it's all very self-centered yes and and we need that ego to construct a safe identity in which we can uh basically support ourselves to live on a certain level you know uh, I still think that's some of the vestiges of, you know, growing up, uh, having to be, you know, hunter gatherers and whatever, uh, you know, ego will protect you to a certain yes. degree. Uh, yes. However, as we are now in more of the, the Western modern world, uh, ego can protect us to a certain degree, but also it's usually the thing that trips us up the most because ego wants to center ourself as our own little god and whatever spiritual construct and system we want to construct around that still wants to place us at the center and god is supposed to be helping us get what we want mm-hmm. and in the very infancy i think of spirituality that's that's kind of where it starts for most kids unfortunately without a you know mentorship and, you know, mature people that are helping us in our walk and helping us grow in our understanding of God and mm-hmm. how the spiritual path actually is and that, you know, we're all going to go through hard times. Um, and it's the natural, it's, it's natural for humanity to try and construct meaning around everything that happens, both good and Absolutely. Bad. And unfortunately, the way we individually try and do that usually still places us at the center of our own story because we are the protagonist in our own story and we only see things through our lens. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to step outside of that no matter how old we are and no matter how much life we're in. We always have to do a process to step out of ourselves a little bit yeah, and get these third person glimpses of, oh, and sometimes God just smacks us upside the head with those those moments of recognition hello of his presence oh it's not this way oh that wasn't the truth or that's not the full truth it's not the whole truth because we sometimes have pieces and we'll just hold on to it and in some spaces and communities and systems it's one piece is magnified yeah i love i wrote down your quote, and I'm going to probably post this somewhere. I love it. Life experience will always knock up against our black and white thinking. Hmm. And it is, 
that in itself is the is the deconstruction because it's like, now hold on, this was my safe place. Now I got it. I understood it. I knew it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything at all. (laughs) And that is the spiritual walk is, is yes. Knowing I don't know anything that you don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And TJ, that place feels the very, like it, it is, it's so peaceful there. It is peaceful. It can be if you let it be, but the the same place can be the most terrifying place for so many people. Uh, I think our personalities are kind of naturally wired to be willing more to accept Mm -hmm. mystery and embrace it. But there are a lot of personality types where that is their biggest, biggest fear, right? Is mystery and not knowing. And let me, and so let me share from my perspective, I can be very analytical, right? And so I, I can analyze, I can problem solve, like that has always been just a part of who I am. I really, really loved it. There's a problem, come on, I want to go in and I want to fix it. And of, of course, I'm also a therapist, right? So sitting with individuals is all the work that we do. We're taught to identify the problem, you know, and then your brain is constantly working to, you know, trying to come up with the the best ways to help an individual get towards their goal. So it's still this constant computing. So when I rest and I don't know, it's like, I can just like, ah, like it's like this load that is lifted. And so it's actually one of my go-tos now when I found, when I find myself being really wound up and I get and I have to I have to get still and remind myself that I'm here. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. And then it's like, Destiny, you don't know anything. And in a moment, it's like, oh, God, what is it? What is the answer? And then, you know, I'm able to put myself kind of in the back seat, you yeah. know, and the spirit, of course, guides us into all truth. You know, so that is when I say that it is like so peaceful, not that I live there, <laughs> but when I am able to remind myself to go to that place, it's yeah. like, uh, uh, I have a question for you. Shoot. So, of course, you were talking about the children party. You know, I have a I have a three year old, a five year old and I have a 13 year old bonus son. So when you were talking about the children and, you know, how we as the adults in their life were just constantly influencing them. Right. Mm-hmm. So of course that's something I'm thinking about now because my daughter, she's in a Christian school and she comes home with tons of questions and I'm like sure. what? And and um it gets challenging of what to tell her, you know, because she's five and I don't want to overload her with truth. Yeah. Right. Um, I want her to have this innocence and the childlike faith. So if you were going to just share, what do you think will be helpful? And it's probably nothing that could be helpful. Let me just say that probably nothing, but what would you share 
that you believe will be helpful in shaping a child, right? Not all the stuff that we probably went through. Yeah. We'll, we need to probably talk about that one day, TJ, like how we were reared. Yeah. Um, well, so I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on a different side of it, you know, having been a, a youth pastor, a youth leader, um, a teacher, you know, you, yes. you, get, you get these different contexts in which to speak with younger kids. Uh, in terms of being a foster parent, now adopted parent, I'm working with yes. more older kids. So I haven't, I haven't personally had to be the main one steering a three and five year old. So <laughs> kudos to you. <laughs> pray with me. Yes, for prayer, me. prayers for you. Um, so anything I say might just be terrible. And I, I, yeah, of course, I fully recognize that because I'm, I'm just speaking from my best guesses, which is all any of us have. That's but it. I think we just have to lead with truth and honesty and having that open dialogue that it's okay to even question mm. everything. Start, start yes. with questions because questions questions are what lead to the construction of our identity and our spiritual understanding and when it comes time to deconstruct it's questions that are going to lead to that and it's all a natural process of spiritual maturity i believe mm -hmm. i think the construction is just as crucial as the deconstruction will be later if you don't construct well you don't have the foundations to deconstruct from and then really own a deeper level of your faith and your identity later in life when it's when it's developmentally appropriate mm. that that's i think the deconstruction phase is when you really own your faith i mean you can have a deep knowing of faith you can have a faith absolutely that you all through life but i think if you don't reevaluate it later as an adult and really question and, and suss out what what is it that I really believe and do I believe all that's been given to me or do I want to reframe some of it or do I want to yeah. just chuck out some of it I don't think that 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 is what I believe I think that's that's natural but it all comes in time right so so for three and five year olds you're still I think giving them the building blocks to piece together mm -hmm. so I would lead with not overwhelming you know, give give them the yeah. Bible stories, give them the truth as you understand it now, because the truth as you understand it now won't be the truth as you understand it when they're fifteen. Or of when course. They're Twenty-five. And all we can all we can give them is our presence and our best understanding of God and the spiritual journey as we have it at the time. As we're walking yeah. together with with our kids. And so I just think it starts with humility. It starts with no being honest that there are some things I that mommy don't know. Yes. Yes. That's what I love. Like, um, like one time I found myself telling her that I'm not God, you know, because of course children, they look to to the parent. One day she did tell me, she said, yes, you are mommy. You are God. And I'm like, no, I'm not, you know? So on one hand, that's really beautiful and innocent. But then as a parent, that's like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of pressure. Listen, yeah. I am not God, but you can talk to God. You can ask God things. You know, mommy doesn't know I'm one human, you know, 
Um, so we have those types of conversations in my house, you know, and I'm like, Hey, you're five and you're calling me. And then Dylan, he's in another room and he's calling me and, but God can be everywhere. Like mommy can only be one place, but God is everywhere. So, um, that's great. And, and and it it can just be that simple. If, if they have that, whether they get all the different Bible stories and how they all piece together or not, that's I think that's more crucial yeah. to to a healthy spiritual life than than half the the stuff we're going to read in our you know our picture Bible. For real, because then what it does is it it's like you said, it's just constantly trying to make sense, you know, and put things into this little box, and it doesn't fit in a box. <laughs> yeah. So God, what I God wrote down in the box. God does not fit in a box. So we have to make space for questions. Um, that's what I'm, that's what I heard in that and yeah. continue to let my babies know that, um, I don't know. I don't know, but we can ask together and we can, we can make space for the answer. And, and yeah. if you do have an answer that's helpful, you can offer it and say, you know, this, this is what I think from, from my yep. experience. This is what I think I know. Um, this is what I think would be most helpful. That's, that's what I've had to kind of take the stance of, you know, trying to raise a mm -hmm. teenager now is like, you know, you have autonomy of, of some of your choices. You, you can't, you can't necessarily give that carte blanche with a three and a five-year-old you know you have to pick your you have to pick your battles but right because they're going to be eating candy for breakfast yeah yeah Can i need it yeah candy cereal yeah yeah so i mean yeah it's, yeah i it's like that embracing the wonder but saying you know i i do want to offer some structure because I know from my experience that this is going to be most helpful. Another thing that I, that came up for me as we're, as you were sharing was um, maybe how it has been helpful that I have let lived a very um, dynamic life. Um, so of course, in some contexts that can be looked at as very dysfunctional, right? Cause I was with, in this home, in this home, in this home, in this home. However, I see how it has really played a beautiful role in shaping me because I didn't Versus like growing up in this one religious system, you know, and it's like your whole life and it's. I can imagine coming to 25 and it being just shattering versus pretty much I have bits and pieces of lots of things. But one thing that I always did just kind of on my own, because I was interested at a very early age was to read my own Bible. Like I always just read my Bible. Um, I had my own relationship with God very early because I was in a home TJ that was very, very um, violent. So it forced me to really just get to know God for myself. So I see how that has, has been helpful. Yeah. 
So, so, so I don't know. My, yep, un- I know I'm deconstructing. Yeah, hmm? unpack a little more for me, like how you think that um, that has been helpful. Yeah, how that's been helpful learning from the different systems, being in different homes, or even having to, what what I'm hearing is having to turn to God and the Bible as as a means of, of coping with, with some difficulties at a young age? I would say it's been helpful because I see, um, I see things in parts, right? I, I don't believe any one individual. I don't believe any one church, any one religion, um, any one denomination has been able to, to, um, completely define God. So with that being said, I see how gathering different pieces, being able to say, oh, yes, that's absolutely truth. Oh, uh, uh-uh, that's a little bit off, but it, 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 some things can be helpful, but not just holding too tightly to any one any one organization, any one um, doctrine, what is it? Theology, you know, all the stuff. Now, what I have always held tightly to was Jesus. So that was always like the anchor, the core, the word of God, like, um, so that's why I say I think it has been helpful. And even the yes, I know I'm deconstructing, but to have that life shattering thing. Um, but I know some people will say the things that I've gone through in life, they are life shattering. Yeah, in, in some in some in, in some ways. Um, but that's why I think it has been helpful. Yeah. I guess it's like this flexibility, like this, just this openness to go with the flow. That's what I have. That's what I take away from it. Okay. Do you think? What you think, TJ? Do you think that your specific kind of temperament and personality has allowed you to go with the flow? a little more and kind of adapt to whatever situation that you've been placed in good or bad. Mm, Possibly, but I think a lot of temperament personality is shaped. Yeah. You know, I really do. Um, I think a lot of it is shaped and but that's a whole nurture versus nature conversation <laughs> that me and my partner love to have. But I think that has something to do with it. But I really look at the at the experiences that I've had in life. Like mm-hmm. e- I even think about this quote that you that you shared: how life experiences will knock up against this black and white thinking. So, like a stone, right? If it has all this knocking up against. Right. Then it things just fall off. You know, that's what I 
that's the illustration that just popped to mind. Okay. So I think, yes, some temperament personality has something to do with it. But I question how much of my temperament and personality has been shaped by these experiences. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of looking at that, that kind of idea of experience knocking up against dual binary black and white thinking, mm-hmm. what, what would be a concrete example that you could point to in your story where that was true for you? black and white thinking um where an experience had to had to knock up against black and white thinking yeah um the one that can pops to mind and this was a very very traumatic experience was the loss of my baby Mm. i lost a baby and i remember it being just i mean you can just imagine it was so i mean it was the most overwhelming experience still to this day. But I remember during that time, there were other people who wanted me to believe a thing. This is what made it more traumatic because they were telling me things that did not align with what I believed. So what I believed was that God is good, right? And nothing happens that is outside of his control. Nothing. I don't care if it's good, quote unquote, bad, whatever. That is what I knew, even in the pain, even in the questions when we were in that hospital room, me and my husband, we that is what we knew. But then other people kept coming and telling me different things. So it made it. I mean, one day, TJ, I could barely even get off the floor. Because there was this, there was this, there was this person, and she held a very um, special place in my life. So I valued what she shared, right? And what she kept wanting to tell me was that it was the enemy. Mm. You know, the enemy had came, and you know, and I'm like, um. So anyway, I had to stop talking to her. Yeah. So. I think that was I think that was a moment where the knocking up against but I I, hmm, I don't even know if I had if I was having black and white thinking there or was it just the outside stuff, you know? Yeah. Sounds like a lot of the people you were interacting with were coming to you with very black and white thinking which Still to this day, that is a lot of like the challenge in in my life. And I haven't always been comfortable enough or maybe confident enough or I don't know, whatever, secure or I'm not sure to really just put a stop to it. Yeah. But now I feel like I'm able to do that in a way that is still honoring and respectful. Um but I don't allow it. I don't allow it in. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a really good thing to linger on for, for a minute. Cause I think one of the biggest challenges of being an authentic community, community with fellow 
quote unquote Christians is yeah. the fact that this very binary black and white kind of thinking, which is a result of these constructed systems uh, to that, you know, in some respects either have not yet be, been deconstructed or have not been deconstructed to, to a logical end result that would, would change some thinking is the fact that when people are grieving or have experienced mm -hmm. trauma or massive loss, uh, we, for the most part, as the church, don't know how to meet them where they're at without giving them an unhelpful answer. Because we want to do one, yeah. usually of a few things. We want to either say, well, you must have been doing something wrong or, or something you've invited this into your life in some way. You'd have yep. to examine your heart and your life and see, yep. see what God's trying to tell you. Or, or how your defenses have gone down to where the, you have allowed the enemy into your life. And, Hello. So, All this stuff that freaks you out. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's either, as Christians, we either want to blame the individual or blame the enemy, blame the devil, yep. Satan, the principalities, de demonic influence, however you want to label it. Uh, yes. Which often is not helpful because it's going to, for the individual experiencing it, it always leads to shame, guilt, and, and blaming self. Because how, yep. how, where else can you go with that? It's either blaming self or blaming God. Uh, and sometimes, yes. often yes. both, it's blaming self and blaming God. Uh, because there's no helpful system, and nobody's given us typically helpful information that allows us to just sit in the pain and have people sit in the pain with us and say, you know, we don't, we don't understand why bad things always happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, we can, yeah. we can hold it and say that it's not about me. It's not about my choices necessarily. It's yeah. that, that we're in a world in which pain happens and that pain yeah. shapes us in different ways. And we, we want to make meaning of it, but there's some things you just can't reasonably this side of heaven make meaning of because we don't Period. have all the answers. Period. We don't. We so, don't so have all the answers. I think it's more helpful when someone who has just experienced a massive loss uh, of, of life or relationship or just a, any devastation to just say, I see you. Um, I'm here for you. I'm here for you in the pain. I'm not going to try and make meaning of it because that's not yeah. help, helpful. And I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know why this has happened. I believe that God grieves with us, even in the yep. pain and the loss. And to just remind people of that, um, I don't think God causes all pain and suffering. I think we we live in a world in which pain and suffering is a part of right. the life experience. Yep. And it even says in the Bible that, you know, the, the angels are, you know, covetous of, of this opportunity that we have as human beings, as sons and daughters uh, of God, that, that we, we yeah. get to experience this life on, on levels that 
you know, the angelic host are not afforded the same opportunities. So yeah, there is purpose and there is intentionality to everything, but it is not on us to figure it out. And certainly if we're not in the experience, we're not going to figure it out for somebody else because we can't figure it out for ourselves. Hello. So let's just be present Hello. and love people well where they're at and in their grief and in their hurting and know that it's okay to grieve. That's a part of the life experience and we're all going to have it at some point. Yes. That's it. Thank you for that. That thank you. Like that is what I needed to hear in that time in that moment, you know, it's already enough of what we do, you know, all the thoughts that come. Um So yeah, I feel like this conversation my goodness has it went exactly where it needed to go. I'll tell you that. And if anybody is listening, that is this concept of deconstruction is something is resonating or standing out to you. Please share. Yeah. Right. Any questions? We are we are questioning together. We're seeking together. We're having the conversation. We're not experts by any means. No. Um, we just we just say yes. We're gonna have these. We're gonna show up. We're gonna have these conversations, and we're gonna ask some hard questions. And and part of our deconstruction is having these conversations and and creating yes. a open space where we can have these conversations together, and we can open it up to the greater community to start having these conversations with us and and taking these these conversation points and taking it out into your community and creating those you know be the change that allows for these safe spaces to grow and to foster yeah this kind of community outside of this little podcast yes Yes, 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 yes. So we're going to continue to do it. We're going to continue to ask. Um, and I look forward to the next one, TJ. Me too. So remember to rate, review, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. We should be in most places at this point. And we will see you next time. Idiopod.com. Idiopod.com.